What's going on, everyone? It's a new week. I am yours truly, the Macho Man, Matty Savage. It is time for another Raw Recap, the August 9th edition, live from Orlando, Florida. Fans are still here. WWE is still plowing ahead with SummerSlam just a few weeks away. Guys, let's dive into this one because I got a lot more good to say than bad, and that's not a normal thing for me when we're talking about three hours of Monday Night Raw and 15 minutes of your time. Let's dive right in. Show kicks off the return of Randy Orton. The Viper is back. The Apex Predator is back. It's been seven weeks since we've seen Randy Orton, and there was no surprise by any means. He was just announced uh, throughout the day that he was returning, and he was kicking off Monday Night Raw, and that's exactly what he did. Came out, soaked in the fans, <clears throat> excuse me, and he he basically said, you know, I'm back. Riddle comes out, and, you know, we're back to the Team RK bro thing where uh, he's talking about how he's excited that they're going to start teaming up again, and Randy Orton makes it clear that he wasn't planning on teaming with him and that he's better when he is alone, and I'd have to probably agree with that. But nevertheless, I'm loving everything to do with Team RK bro, so uh, we'll dive into some more of what happens later on in the night. Um but as these two are going at it, out comes AJ Styles and Omos, who have obviously had their um, – they've been kind of picking at Riddle in recent weeks. No no Randy Orton, obviously, to save him or anything like that. And uh, it transitions into AJ Styles challenging uh, Randy Orton to a match, which ends up being the main event of Monday Night Raw. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit because the Viper's back, guys. And it's, it's, it's good to see because, again – the fans are back. You need to bring your heavy hitters, whether it's John Cena appearing randomly after Monday Night Raw and dark matches, which he did on this episode of Raw as well, or the return of Randy Orton himself. So big name to get back on Monday Night Raw. I'm excited to see where that goes, and we'll talk about the main event in a little bit. <clears throat> Moving on now to Drew McIntyre. He's been feuding, obviously, with Jinder Mahal and his cronies over the past month, month and a half now. Um, this week we get a little bit of a shift into what's really happening in the storyline. And obviously if you, if you've been watching over on SmackDown, Baron Corbin is no longer King Corbin. He's, he's got no money. He's been selling Rolexes and he, he looks like a bum. So Jinder Mahal hired him to, uh, take out Drew McIntyre essentially. Um, and he would get paid. So it's the interbrand invitational. I think that's what they call it. Um, Baron Corbin appears on Monday Night Raw to challenge Drew McIntyre in our first match of the night, and it's exactly what you would, would, would expect. Baron Corbin continues on his losing ways. Drew McIntyre keeps pushing through. Uh, Jinder Mahal and Veer and Shanky come out onto the, 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 the stage at the end of the match, tease that they're going to come attack Drew. Drew grabs his sword, Angela, which is, I think it's stupid, but grabs a sword, and they run, and... We move on to next week. Moving backwards now to the return of Jeff Hardy, who was out due to COVID for a couple of weeks. Um, if you guys recall, before his diagnosis, he defeated Karrion Cross in a somewhat quick match in Karrion Cross's Monday Night Raw debut. So we get the rematch here where, honestly, I expected to see another win from Jeff Hardy to really fuel the fire of carrying cross maybe even bring in scarlet or something to, to, to 
boost up his character on Raw because it's just seeming a little flat with him run, riding solo right now. Um, but nevertheless, what we actually saw was Karrion Cross prevail and get his revenge on Jeff Hardy. So Karrion Cross picks up the win. Um, <clears throat> it's really a typical 50-50 booking. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to have another match again. Um, whether that's on next week's Raw, whether they put something on to SummerSlam itself, that remains to be seen. But nice to see Karrion Cross pick up another dub. And uh, but he's got he's got some work to do, uh, definitely on the main roster. <laughs> Moving into the women's division now, Alexa Bliss. Obviously, of course, she is no longer. There's no no more Bray Wyatt. Um, so I mentioned on last week's podcast that I've been expecting. I'm expecting sometime in the near future that they're going to pretty much throw away this gimmick altogether. Um, I'm not sure exactly how long it's going to take, but let's just use last night's Raw for an, uh, as a quick example. Alexa Bliss taking on Dewdrop. So this is Alexa's first in-ring appearance since Bray Wyatt's uh, release from WWE. And as soon as she, I mean, she gets in the ring, Dewdrop and even Marie get in the ring, and the crowd already starts to chant, we want Wyatt. So how much longer is WWE going to tolerate that before they basically shut this down? I'm not sure. Um, but, again, Alexa did the best she could. Um, she sat Lily on the turnbuckle there. And uh, cue the special effects, even though the fans are back. Dewdrop takes a look over at Lily, who the camera zooms in on her face, and you get a nice little wink back from the doll, which – scares off Dewdrop into a roll-up. Alexa Bliss picks up the win, one, two, three. Um, hey, they're trying to make it work with what they've got. Um, still trying to use some special effects, even though the crowd is there. <coughs> so kudos to them on that. Um, but like I said, I think it's only a matter of time before uh, Alexa goes back to being what she used to be prior to transforming into this version of Alexa Bliss. Into the United States title picture now, and this one uh, I'm going to spend a couple minutes on because there were two matches that revolved around the United States championship picture. First up, we get Ricochet versus Sheamus, and we've seen this already over the past couple of months. Um, I believe this is their fourth time that they fought now. Um, a really damn good match between these two, man. Sheamus, like him or hate him, and I like him a lot, actually, and especially because he's a Liverpool fan, um, but... He has been absolutely crushing it as the United States champion. Broken nose or not, I think he he is one of he's a he's a seasoned veteran, of course. He's a former champion in itself, um, and I think he's really carrying that United States championship very well. Um, they they're kind of trying new things with it, where they had you know Humberto Carrillo out there, um, and now you know he's worked into. This little mini feud with Ricochet, he's now moving ahead towards Damian Priest, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, but not to shy away from this match, very good match. Sheamus picks up the win, as he should. Uh, but kudos once again to Ricochet because his flippy flops and all that stuff, I mean, it looks good, and he is a phenomenal superstar. I just don't think he is championship quality at this point. So, as I said, the match ends. Uh, Sheamus picks up the win. He's celebrating. Damian Priest's music hits. Um, so Sheamus is pissed. Priest basically says, do something about it. Sheamus walks off, and we get our next match. It's Damian Priest versus John Morrison. 
uh, accompanied, of course, by The Miz. So we've seen Damian Priest versus John Morrison already countless times throughout the year, especially leading up to WrestleMania when he fought alongside Bad Bunny, of course. <coughs> um, and it, it was the same result here on Raw. Damian Priest picks up the win. Uh, but prior to picking up that win, The Miz tried to hit, well, spray Damian Priest with the drip stick from the outside. <coughs> um, Damian Priest does not, he, he's not phased by it. He still executes his finisher for the one, two, three. So then he gets to the outside and he grabs those drip sticks and sprays John Morrison. And then he looks like he's about to go at The Miz. And like magic, The Miz rises from his wheelchair. So, of course, there's the big moment. The Miz is not injured, or so we think anyway. Um, and he just kind of stands there. And uh, Damian Priest is just looking at him. And then cue up The Miz, books it. He's gone. So whatever injury, knee injury he had doesn't seem to be a thing anymore because he looked like he was running pretty damn well. He scooted out to the back to avoid Damian Priest. <laughs> Priest got back in the ring, hopped on the mic. Uh, it, it completely ignored the whole Miz stuff, um, but resumed his challenge to Sheamus for SummerSlam. <clears throat> Sheamus came back out onto the uh, onto the stage, accepted the challenge, and there it is: Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the United States Championship at SummerSlam. And guys, I'm excited for that one. Should be a hard-hitting contest. Again, love everything that Sheamus is bringing to the table, and uh, hey, props for Damian Priest. He's finally uh, moving ahead to something that ha doesn't have to do with John Morrison and The Miz. Bobby Lashley, the almighty WWE champion. Real quick on this one, uh, he kicked off our 10 o'clock hour. Uh, he came out, and he had a, a pretty simple message. MVP obviously kicked off with uh, talking about Goldberg's son and how he shouldn't watch SummerSlam or whatever. And... Bobby Lashley got on the mic, and it was straight business, straight hurt business. Um, he mentioned how uh, Goldberg always mentions that you're next. But no, after SummerSlam, you're done, according to Bobby Lashley. Mic drop, segment over, powerful from Bobby Lashley. Didn't have to say much, no Goldberg on this episode of Raw, but Bobby Lashley made it clear that I'm going to whoop your fucking ass at SummerSlam, and I'm going I'm to retire you, basically. And for someone like me who is sick of seeing Goldberg appearing a couple times a year, I'm cool with that if that's the route that they're going to go to continue Bobby Lashley's dominance as the almighty WWE champion. Moving ahead now to uh, T-Bar, Mace, Mustafa Ali, Mansoor. They, they, they had a tag team match last week, which... Surprisingly, T-Bar and Mace picked up the win after some miscommunication. This week, we get T-Bar versus Mustafa Ali one-on-one. -on -one. Um, obviously, both of their partners are on the outside. And surprisingly enough, T-Bar picks up another win. Wow. I mentioned on last week's podcast that they it was nice to see them pick up a win, but it probably wasn't going to mean anything in the long run. And they would probably go right back to losing the following week. So I was wrong on that. So I will admit, admit some defeat on that. But at the end of the day, the long-term story that they're trying to tell here has nothing to do with T-Bar and Mace, nothing to do with their futures going forward. I mean, yes, again, picking up some wins for the record books that WWE obviously doesn't really acknowledge. Uh, 
But this is about the story of Mustafa Ali and Mansoor trying to build themselves up as a credible tag team. And that's it's a slow burning story. And for what it's worth, thus far, not bad. <clears throat> Moving on now to Nikki A.S.H., Nikki Ash, Nikki Asshole. This week, she takes on Rhea Ripley. So after a, a main event on Raw last week, a no-hold-bar main event, a surprise win for Nikki A.S.H., and I shouldn't really be saying that about your Raw Women's Champion, that it's a surprise that she's winning, but... That's the, the story that they're trying to tell us is that she's an almost a superhero and she's going to try her best. And yeah. Anyway, so this match ends inconclusively, of course. Charlotte Flair makes an interruption. She causes disqualification. It's over. Um, lays them both out, stands tall. <clears throat> she's making it clear that she is the lead woman heading into SummerSlam. So, unfortunately, what we've really seen, and not really unfortunately, I mean, it's been week after week. They're just shifting different ways of giving us Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley versus Nikki A.S.H., Nikki A.S.H. versus Charlotte Flair. So they're just giving us different forms of the triple threat match that we're going to get at SummerSlam, which, again, I'm sure that that will be a great match in itself. But, I mean, there's no... No excitement for the actual match itself. I mean, when you've already seen different forms of it throughout Monday Night Raw over the past month and a half. Um, I digress. Let's get into our main event. Before we get into our main event, real quick, Elias is dead, guys. You wouldn't believe it. Not really dead. Um, there was a quick vignette that played. It's a video of uh, Elias with his guitar. There's a fire. And Elias tosses the guitar into the fire. And he says that WWE used to stand for walk with Elias, but Elias is dead. End of segment. So, guys, character shift, character change incoming for Elias after all the defeats he's taken lately to Jackson Riker, who hasn't been seen since then as well. Um, but... I'm excited to see <clears throat> where they're going to go with Elias going forward. If he's not going to be the guitar playing uh, guy anymore with the, no more walk with Elias. I mean, I'm curious to see where they are going from here. Um, but again, that was just the beginning. We'll see in the coming weeks where they go from there. If there's going to be more vignettes, if Elias is just going to debut a new character right off the rip. I'm assuming a little bit of a slow burn on this one as well, but Either way, a good way to kick it off and get you wondering what's going to happen next. And what happens next, again, is the main event. Randy Orton versus AJ Styles, and it's your classic. I mean, we've seen these guys fight before. It was <clears throat> a win picked up by Randy Orton, and the highlight is after the match. After the match, Riddle and, <clears throat> Riddle and Randy Orton hug. Um, you can see that Randy Orton doesn't want to hug him. Um, I think everybody in the crowd could smell it. They could feel it in the air that that RKO was coming, and sure as shit it did. Um, RKO to Riddle. Randy Orton, you know, he's the Viper. It was expected. Kofi Kingston said it a couple months back that Riddle was going to run into that RKO eventually, and here it is. Um, I still think that, and, that, and that's how Raw ended, um, 
with Randy Owen standing tall over Riddle, uh, basically smiling and, you know, hey, I told you. Um, <clears throat> I still think that somehow they're going to work this tag team into um, taking on AJ Styles and Omos. I don't think that that's the end of that feud by any means. <clears throat> but either way, it's it's great to see Randy Orton back. You know, the crowd loves it. RKO chants all, all throughout the arena. <clears throat> He's back. Raw as a whole was back to me. I think this is the best product that they've put on over the past month. Probably the best episode since the episode where fans returned a couple weeks back. Um, you know, we, we shifted from grades D to C. Um, but <clears throat> I'm upgrading this week to a B. A B. And I don't usually give B some money raw, considering a lot of it's the same old recycled shit week after week. But I thought that they they the, the show just ran. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Ooh. <clears throat> I thought the show just ran real smooth, um, beginning to end. I didn't fall asleep. So here's your B for this week. Keep it up next week. It's the final Raw before SummerSlam. I can't wait for SummerSlam itself on a Saturday, guys. Looking forward to it. As always, thank you all for tuning in. I am the Macho Man, Maddie Savage, and I will talk to you all next week with another Raw recap.